0: Welcome to Kingdom Life Embassy. We're so glad you chose to tune in to another power-packed message by Dr. Maxwell Holland. If you are enjoying these podcasts, then connect with him on Facebook at Maxwell Holland. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Father, we thank you this morning. As I make sounds, you make sense. Let the anointing of bless this meeting and strengthen us on every side. We celebrate you. We celebrate the children. We celebrate the vision in this house for all that you've given us to do. Thank you for sons and daughters that are obedient. Thank you for the anointing this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I've given you the wrong scripture. Can I have my... You can keep that scripture... I am looking for... Uh, for I was not disobedient... Oh, is it 26? Oh, yeah, it is, sorry. Acts 26... 19. Therefore... King Agrippa, can you please? Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I want to speak to you this morning about the difference between your personal vision that the world often teaches you and a heavenly vision. There is a huge difference A lot of what we call vision sometimes in the natural and in fleshly visions are really just personal goals. It's not real vision. If you've wanted to travel overseas, get on the ship, buy a car, that's not a vision. That's just a goal and that can be accomplished because a vision, a heavenly vision is just that it comes from heaven. It comes from God. It's completely different. It is completely different to a normal place. That means that if a vision ends with you or dies when you die, it could not be from God. Because a heavenly vision continues to generations. And that's the scripture with um, David, King David. When it says, what is the scripture I gave you? Was it 13? Acts chapter 13. And verse, I think it's verse 36. God's going to help me this morning. I've been up all night. Uh, 36. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep. That means your vision's got to serve your generation. A heavenly vision will not end when you end. It continues to a generation. Anytime you're finding a vision that comes from you, it's about you, it's about where you go, it's about what you accomplish. But a heavenly vision is all about the kingdom of God and it is for the benefit of people. So you'll find Jesus when he operates in the vision, the heavenly vision, it says, I've come to do your will, O God, for in the volume of the book it is written of me. It is written of me. And so there is a place where, where you know that you are born for a purpose and the vision is bathed and it comes out of the purposes of heaven. It doesn't come out of a man. It doesn't come out of my idea. It doesn't, this vision doesn't come out of my stubbornness because I wanted to prove a point to anybody or to my enemies. It came because I got arrested. I got arrested by God. I got arrested on every single level. And so... You know, when a heavenly vision captures you, the first thing that you do is you run from God. It doesn't excite you. It's not something that you, whoa, I'm called to be a preacher. I stuck. When, I, when God spoke to me about this, I knew there was something that God wanted done. I couldn't figure it out. And so, you know, God gives you time because he's got a still, small voice. He lets you in on, you know, he created an environment and it was in the middle of a pool in the wild coast sun that God spoke to me about the church, and when he said, you're starting a church, I burst out laughing. I went to pastors, I said, nah man, listen to this, the, the Holy Spirit's saying we're starting a church. The Lord, Well, So she says, but she's not laughing, she says, look, God spoke to me this morning in my quiet time. Thank the Lord for women that hear the voice of God. And she said, the Lord told me to, to not, she said, he said, we're starting a church, but I mustn't speak to you until he spoke to you. Because if there's any trouble that's going to happen and it's going to come, you're going to run and you're going to blame her instead of dealing with God. So when I, so for 18 months after that, I get sick because I don't, want to, I don't want to run this vision. I mean, get into my shoes. I'm like a Moses, right? I mean, I look at this thing and I'm thinking, why would I want to take on, I got so many problems. Why would I take on other people's problems? I don't know why somebody would get excited about being a pastor. Do You know the kind of ridicule, the kind of discredit you, you they, any pastor that's messed up, all pastors get thrown onto the same stage. They all got put in the same box. And I'm fighting God with this thing because I'm, uh, in my mind, I was set. I'm a businessman. And I will fund all kingdom projects and that's what I, that's what I did when I was in business. And so when God says start a church, I'm like, nah. And I think I was dealing with my own demons because I, you didn't think much of pastors at the time. They always had to be begging and, you get know, poor. And when the deacons used to come, the demons used to come to our house and collect the tithe. It's like, no, I don't know about begging. I don't know about having to beg people for money. No, I don't like this. And so the thought that I had of being a pastor freaked me out and I ran. 18 months, I felt like I was going to die. And God said to me, you need to give me a yes. We're not moving further until you tell me yes. You see, I could live my life without God. And I could go in the direction of being a business person and take care of my family and build wealth for me. But God wanted something done through me and I had he, he needed me to say yes and so I finally did and I said okay God but there's two things I'm telling you now number one is that no school halls and two no tents next month we are 15 years and all we were in is what school halls and a tent so you don't tell God how you're going to serve him on your terms. You don't serve him on your terms. That's been my lesson. So you keep praying for your pastor so I can receive what we need to receive and break from the tent and actually put up our building. But I really believe it's now. I believe it's now. And I'll tell you why I say so. i tell you why I say so. Because there is something that happened with us during this fast that in every fast, in any time you are dealing with God around what your next season looks like, here's where people have failed. You spend 21 days in fasting, and God gives you a moment, but you forget that God wants to turn that moment into a movement. This is 21 days of fasting, and every time you have a God encounter, you'll watch Jesus when he comes out of the fast He then goes and gathers 12 apostles, disciples. What's he doing? He's feeding, not the moment that they had with God and bragging about how he dealt with the devil. He starts building and capturing the disciples for the movement. So your moment with God in fasting cannot be that's it. It's got to convert into, so what did God say? Because if you do not take the moment and convert it into a movement, you have got to go into another 21 days of fasting. And fasting is fun because you have an encounter with God. God does amazing things. It's God's way of getting your attention. But once he's captured your attention, you must now begin to feed your next level of where you're going to. Now now you need to gather the people around the vision. You now need to hear what the Lord is saying because look, not not every God moment turns into a movement. Not every time that when I sat with God and I said, okay, so what do you want done? I said yes to the call of God. He said, okay, now start the church and you're starting on the 6th of March. So we did that. So... We have this thing, and the people say, so what is the ministry? What's the name? And, and, and So we say Living Life Ministries because that's the moment that I had with God. I believed in John 10. 10, and God gives us the name, and, and I work with Living Life Ministries. Five years later down the line, we have another God encounter. We have another moment with God. And in this moment, we're hosting Dr. Miles Monroe in a place and God steps in there, and as he takes the mic, he says, I'm changing the name of this church from living life to kingdom life. He comes in and he steps in with a message. Through the message that he gives, we now capture the name kingdom life embassy. And with every movement, there must be teachers to teach you what happened. The last 10 years, we've been traveling across the globe every single year because of the teachers and the training of what's required to live under the kingdom of God. For many people, they'd only know Jesus came to give them life and life in abundance to the full until it overflows. As long as I'm saved and as long as I stay off drugs and as long as I don't drink alcohol and, and, and they, they, they act this religious way, but it never, moved, it never converts into a movement. You see, even a marriage, a wedding day is just a moment. But it was supposed to result in a movement of a new thing that God is doing. Children, empires, vision, direction. And if you don't feed your relationships right, if you don't deal with your marriage in the proper way, what was a moment of blessing before God Becomes a moment of a curse in the courts. Because you're not understanding that when you get married. There must be the power of agreement. And the children and the vision. And all that God has got for that thing. Ordained by heaven. You must learn how to walk in agreement. And not turn the blessing into a curse. Because the children suffer under a divorce place. So when it came to living life ministries, we had to teach on a certain level because it is a, it, it must, it's a movement of God. So God is doing a work over, over living life. Then God says, here's this moment, and God changes the name so it goes from living life to kingdom life. And now we've got to be trained up under, build songs around the kingdom of God. So what is the kingdom of God? So what are you doing is, you're capturing heaven's vision all the time. That's why the church is where it is today. Because even through capturing the kingdom, we moved out of rental into ownership. Because the thinking around just saying, I'm born again, and I thank the Lord for the door, who is Christ, every single week, to actually becoming an owner and developing a mentality and an appetite, For the things of the kingdom of God is what was needed. So you'll find when you walk through this church, the vision that has been captured every single time has been about how to function in the kingdom of God, not just to be saved. Not just to, you know, many people just, they they treat the church like they would do McDonald's. You know, just because you go to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Just because you come to church doesn't make you a kingdom citizen and a son of God. Can we go deeper? You're saying there is more, right? So let's deal with what is more. Let's deal with what is more. You are a son of God and that's what we're teaching you on because there's more to life than what you're experiencing right now. Please say amen. So when you're dealing with Joseph, Let's, let's touch on something else quickly. So, so Kingdom Life Embassy, is it shifts into a place of where uh, you're now raising sons and daughters for the kingdom of God. And I'm sharing this heavenly vision with you so you can understand. Here's something else that comes out, out of this church as part of the vision. Give me Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 1. So as the church starts, about maybe 12 years ago, uh, the church next month, we're celebrating 15, and so, yeah, you can clap your hands and thank the Lord for that. 10 years, um, 12 years ago, a woman by the name of Daphne, she's become very famous in our fasting time. You might by now, I think, I think you're going to be getting married this year. The, yeah. ma- number, the number of times I've been, I've been calling your name out in the ministry she harasses me and she reminds me she was the only one that is still here since the ministry's begun eh so she's my daughter and i love her and i appreciate her she's amazing and she comes and she harasses me and for months she says pastor You know, Pastor Brian got delivered from drugs. You need to come and take. Go to kick to consist. Our people need help. You need to help. I'm like, Daphne, you don't understand, man. I got so much work to do. And anytime you're dealing with, you know, something that must be captured there and done there, I know it's going to be a lot of work. You know that transformation is very, very challenging. Transformation is so challenging. You have to ask a butterfly. Did you experience the butterflies this week? The four stages of transformation and its life cycle. I mean, from the seed, the mum comes in and rests the seed on a plant, on a leaf. Because as it then goes into the next stage of its life, all that caterpillar does is eat. Once it breaks free, it just eats what it's on. You've got to be careful who's feeding you. You've got to be careful where you're resting. You've got to be careful about your belief system. Because if you do not have the right food, you didn't know that butterflies have different kinds of leaves depending upon who they are. The mama is very specific about dropping that leaf, that, that seed on a specific leaf because the, the caterpillar doesn't really move from there because it has to eat what it's, what's resting on it. Question is, what do you believe? So your belief system helps you understand that when you come to Kingdom Life Embassy, there's a certain kind of meal and a certain kind of understanding that's going to come upon you so that you can function in the kingdom of God. If you don't get it, you're going to struggle to grasp the vision and all that you're busy with. So here you go, right? Go back to those pictures. That's beautiful. So it's the feeding stage. number one, right? So did you have the wrong pictures for me? That's your caterpillar. You, you, you got n- numbers and names confused there. Keep going. Keep going. The next picture. Let's just deal with the end. All right, just cut it. Praise the Lord. And so the end game is that you you must be feeding the right kind of meal so that you can transition from that caterpillar into what God has called you to be so that you can transition in the purposes and the plan of God. And so there's a specific way that God has got to deal with you. And so please remove that. Let's go remove that thank you jesus ezekiel chapter one ezekiel chapter one and verse one i go to tucum's wrist and here is this discipleship and development has take place and i tell daphne i said daphne this is a lot of work anytime you have to go there so what i did was as a church we went in there for six months services every tuesday feeding the people helping the schools holiday time having god encounters And these people, we have a God encounter with with all the young ones. And we now have to capture this moment with God. And we then start to, I, I I take 40 days to go and fast and pray. I move out to my bedroom, I go into a private room so God can speak to me at night. And through this, God begins to speak to me in the book of Ezekiel. It came to pass in the 13th year, in the fourth month of the fifth day of the month, as was among the captains of the river of, of Sheba, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions from God. Forty days, I'm writing down what the Lord has given me. Next verse. On the fifth day of the month, which was in the fifth year and so forth and so on, just keep going. The word of the Lord came to me and the hand of God was upon me. Verse four, when you see this. Then I looked and behold a whirlwind was coming out of the north a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself and brightness was all around it and radiating out of its midst like the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. Also from within it came the likeness of four creatures and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces and each one had four wings. Their legs were straight and the soles and they begin to speak about different things but pick up verse Verse, verse 10. For As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man. Each, had, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side. On the, on, and each four had the face of an ox on the left side. And each of the four had the face of an eagle. Verse 12. And each one went straight forward. They went wherever the spirit wanted to go. Pick up verse 17. Pick up verse 17. When they moved, they went toward any one of the four directions. And did not turn aside when they went. As for their rooms, they were so high. Look at the vision. Look at the picture that God's giving Ezekiel. And God is beginning to show me what this vision looks like. And their rooms, uh, they were so high, they were awesome. And their rooms were full of eyes all around the four of them. When the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them and when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went. That's key scripture. Because there the spirit went and the wheels were lifted together with them for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Give me the four change, foundation, banner please. God begins to speak to me about the moment that we have in to come's rest. He says, I want you to turn it into a movement. This is how we captured the four change. The number four is the number for completeness. So that you are incomplete if you don't understand north, south, east and west. The direction for your life, which way to go. And all the children, the students through the academy, through the foundation, they've all been trained to get direction for their lives. So the students on the ground, we're taking the new intake of the students come next week. They're learning how to develop their gift. They're beginning to understand that they're not just uh, flesh. They're not just, uh, uh, you know, um, a pretty face. But there is a gift on the inside of them. They were born for a purpose. There is a destiny for their lives. And that's what we instill on the inside of them. And so, what God is doing through for change, He says, wherever these things go, as the Spirit leads us, so we take the for change into different communities, into the schools, and it is an earthly thing to develop people and get their attention. But the Holy Spirit is directing us through the wind of His Spirit to move this vision wherever God wants it to go. Now I want you to clap your hands and thank the Lord. The For Change Academy comes out of that as well. So my point around that there is that. This organization, this, this moment we had in Tukumstras, this power of God coming upon us. The children had such a God encounter in that place. One of the things that came out of that is that we used to run a, a program called Testify. It was a production and children would give their hearts to the Lord through this. And that particular night, we went into Tukums Rest and we were going to have the show there. But when we got there and two hours later, Brian's called me and says, Pastor, there's no, there's no, there's load shedding. There's, it's, there's a problem here. There's no way we can get power and without the power, there can't be a show. It's at night. There is also no electricity. How are we going to get the show off the ground? What are we going to do? So when I come to the place, I'm saying, no, man, the power will go on. When I get there, the power is still off. So God, I'm saying, God, you can't send us all this way. Your spirit led us to this place. How can there be no power in this place? Because we've got to back up and go home. And so the Lord says, pray. I bring everybody, the production and the whole team and no one will forget that moment. I stood there and I said, now in the name of Jesus, I'm now sending angels wherever the power has been down. I get a picture in my mind. I say, wherever the power is down, I command the power to come up right now in Jesus' name. You have never seen such pandemonium. The children were screaming everywhere. As I said that, like as I said it, all the lights went on. And the children were jumping up and down. And God, that moment with God, we will never forget. Then they took the children and they had a a, a, a holiday program. And Brian is preaching. And the presence of God comes in that place. And the young ones are weeping and they got healed. Many of them are in for change right now in the program because what did God do? He takes a moment and he converts it into a movement. I'm asking you this morning, what was your fasting like? Or are you just going to stay fasting? Because fasting is a good thing. But the question is when Jesus comes out of the wilderness, he then starts the movement. The upper room experience when they when the Holy Spirit came, it turned it touched, it, it it turned a moment into a movement. Are you listening to me? Because what God will do for you as an example is that like He'll break the curse of financial lack over your life, the curse of poverty. But the idea wasn't to go back into debt the dog, don't be like the dog that returns to its vomit. When God gives you a breakthrough and you're breaking free from any kind of addiction, you're not looking back. Can I announce this in this church in the name of Jesus? You are not looking back in the name of Jesus because when God does a work through you in the fast, the whole idea is now that you need to begin to move forward with the things of God and build in your new home a way. Listen, when, when, when I got saved, when I got saved, the first thing I did was because of alcohol and its impact on my life. I went home, went to that, 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 that cabinet and removed anything that is offensive to God because God created a moment for me on a Sunday morning in church and I felt the power of God and God said you are putting an end to that lifestyle. And then I went home and I went to go and start a movement with God. In this house, this is the new rules. No more alcohol here. No more parting in this house. No more. Why? Because I'm now creating a new path for me and my family. It's over 20 years I'm saved. And so what I had to do was I had to look at all my bloodline. I had to look at everything that comes down my bloodline. And I said, we're going to draw a bloodline in the sand right here and from in this house I don't know if anybody else in my other house and family members want to do anything about it but in this house there's no more alcohol there's no more gambling there's no more running to anybody else and trusting them I'm going to start tithing I'm going to start honoring God I'm going to create a new movement for the kingdom of God my family is not just going to be saved we're going to walk in victory all the days of our lives we're not going back to drugs we're not going back to alcohol, we're not going to around to around back to messing around we're not going to sleep around, we're going to honor God. Sunday morning is reserved for the kingdom of God I don't have an option on a Sunday morning is there anybody that's going to agree this morning with me? Because we're getting into a new place where God is commanding a new movement over this church. God is commanding that you step into a new place this morning you cannot live like you used to live. You cannot sit back and say well we can live stream the devil is a liar. I'm in the presence of almighty God and I'm moving with God into the new season that God has got for me and my family. The days of walking in debt are over. The days of borrowing are over. You the head and not the tail. You will be a lender and not a borrower because you are in the kingdom of God. Is there anybody drawing a bloodline over their family and say sickness and disease will not rest in this family. This is a cancer free zone. This is a zone where the blessing of the Lord is upon my home upon my family, upon our lives depression cannot stay in this place, if anybody died of suicide, it's cut off by the blood of Jesus anybody had an early death we're cutting it off in the name of Jesus, any kind of abortions we're cutting off in the name of Jesus, any miscarriages not in this house not in this home, there's peace in our home, there's divine health is there anybody that's willing to give God some praise come on is there anybody that you know God has cut off some things you will live long and you will live strong why you chose to break out from a normal life how did God do that he arrested it with a vision Visionless people, the Bible says without a vision, people perish. You're watching people falling by the wayside because there's no vision. I can't, one year I'm studying this, then uh, I don't feel like it. Then I'm studying this, then I'm not going to work. And then I start something and those kind of people that restart their lives every year, got no vision. They have their own personal desires, but no kingdom vision guaranteed because I am not studying computers I'm in the word, why? I captured heaven's vision, we're working through for change, we've captured, we got click, children's, we captured the vision to build something for a generation yet to be born that's how it works with heaven's vision you gotta decide this morning where you are positioned There's a man that we all know about, Joseph, and the vision that came with it. But here's what's important: you you know Joseph's story, but give me, give it to me in Genesis chapter 41 and give me verse 17. Are you good this morning? I wanna, I wanna, I wanna shake things up inside of you because many of you just are running businesses. Many of you just got personal visions and goals. But you've not understood that everything that we're busy doing in this place is attached to a heavenly vision. A heavenly vision. So you know the story, Joseph, 17 years old, gets a vision. The Lord says that's what the future looks like. He buys the future with a vision. He then goes through all of his development and his character. The Bible says, and you know, the word of God tested Joseph before the vision comes to pass. So there's a testing of things that needs to happen. So Joseph is in prison, he's interpreting, using his gift to interpret other people's dreams, but they forget about him. Then one day they remembered when Pharaoh has a dream, they say, oh my word, there's a guy that interprets dreams. His name is Joseph. So God does what? He creates an opening and he gives him a moment before Pharaoh. Watch. So then Pharaoh said to Joseph, behold, in my dream, I stood on the bank of the river. Suddenly seven cows came up out of the river, fine looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. Then behold, a seven, be, Then, behold, seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and gaunt, such ugliness as I have never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the gaunt and the ugly cows ate up the first seven, the fat cows. And when they had eaten them up, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were just as ugly as at the beginning, so I awoke also in my dream and suddenly seven heads came up at one stalk full and good then behold seven heads withered thin and blighted by the east wind, sprang up after them and the thin heads devoured the seven good heads so I told this to the magicians but there was no one who could explain it to me then Joseph said to Pharaoh the dreams of Pharaoh are one there's so much revelation about dreams and, and the importance of it and dreaming something twice is that listen to what Joseph says And the seven good heads and seven years are seven years. The dreams are one. Next verse. And the seven thin and ugly cows which came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. So he interprets the dream. Then he says, this is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. Don't ignore your dreams indeed seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt but after them seven years of famine will arise and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt and the famine will deplete the land so the plenty will go back one, did I say that let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers you see that, he gets a moment, he says here's the movement pay attention because he's going to bring you out of debt and keep you out of debt. When God is giving you a vision and a dream, it's that this moment in your fast turns into a movement for the kingdom. He says, let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven years of plenty. And let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the Spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you. May the Lord make you that way. That you would come up with the systems and the structure and the strategy. He says, Put 20% of every single storehouse, put it away. Build something that for future generations to come, when it hits bottom is you will have the reserves he gives him he has a moment he turns it into a movement and he says now every single storehouse must put in so much into the storehouse your encounter with God cannot be oh I fell down and it was so awesome the question is what's God saying what is this thing that it must be converted into and I'll share it with you this morning So he puts him over his house and Joseph now puts this system in place of gathering the food and to put it into store. He does that. And I say this to you again this morning, is that not every moment with God must be turned into a movement. But with a heavenly vision, it's a spiritual answer to save people from natural disasters. It's always attached a heavenly cause jesus says for this cause i've come the vision that we're capturing he says are you a king then he says yes for this cause i've come it's always attached to a heavenly cause and has its focus purely on benefiting or improving humanity and never for self-promotion a heavenly vision is built on a conviction and becomes a burden for the carrier until it's accomplished where Jesus got to a place carrying this vision he said Lord if the scuff can pass a heavenly vision is a burdensome thing is that I look at our, our generation and I, I look at the people that don't know God and I, I look at a generation that is running around looking for jobs not knowing that they are so gifted on the inside of them all that we're busy doing on this campus all that we're doing and developing is to make sure that everyone comes into their destiny and into their purpose so that you never get trampled by men So you never have to go and ask Chinatown for a job. You are more than that. Come on, somebody. You are more than what you see right now. There's greater on the inside of you. You are more than what you have right now. Because if you capture the vision, everything about your life begins to change. And you begin to realize, I am more than that. The days of you begging are over. The days of you running into famine are gone. Why? There is a vision that God has given this house that has been captured. I need this church to clap their hands and begin to believe the Lord this morning that something good is going on in this place no shout this morning give a shout of praise this morning and thank the lord that there is a future for you that there is a vision for your life there is a purpose for your life there is a gift on the inside of you everything that god has got for you you are coming into your highest for god in 2020 and beyond this is your decade that you're stepping out of the box you're stepping out of your job and you're coming into your work your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men is there anybody in kingdom, life embassy, all the religious people stay seated, but if you are a son of God, stand to your feet, clap your hands and give God some praise. I said, give God some praise. your gift will make room for you. Please you may be seated. Now I want to say this to you this morning that not every, not every moment turns into a movement not every moment there is a moment that Samson is awesome when the spirit of God comes on Samson give me the book of Judges chapter 15 verse 15 Samson when he 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 was bad that boy I'm telling you man he would irritate everybody else and then take the anointing and just just beat them up I mean the Philistines they touch his wife and so he goes and he, he sets foxes alight and he sends them into their fields. The Philistines are mad. He said, who did this? They say, no, it's Samson. He says, come. Come. What an awesome, bad man. I love that. I mean, there's parts of Samson we know is a problem. But this part of him, he, he taunted everybody. And nobody could figure out his strength. He then has an encounter. These guys come after him. He, puts, he, he sets the fox's tails alight. Sends him into the fields. Destroys the whole crop. They come after him. They capture him. He says, come capture me. Come. He goes into their presence. The ropes around him. Falls like, like just braids that's on him. Like nothing. He wanted them to catch him and put him in the center of their lives. Then he finds a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men. I like that. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. It's cool, man. And so it was when he had finished speaking. What did he do? He threw the jawbone from his hand and called that place Ramath Lehi. There are many people that have an encounter with God. Now, if this is the new church and this generation and they have an encounter with God like that, what do they do? They start international jawbone ministries and they export bones and they start a whole ministry around what God had an encounter with him. What Samson did was, he took that moment. It's a testimony only. It's not a ministry. He took it and he threw it away. There's some stuff that you need to know that God is not calling for a movement here. It was just a moment of my testimony. Are you with me this morning? Clap your hands if you believe what I'm saying to you this morning. If you understand what I'm saying to you this morning... You need to understand that when sometimes God gives you an encounter, you don't go and you try and make a ministry out of that encounter. Just because God delivered you from cancer doesn't mean you're starting, you know, cancer-free ministries. If God calls you, this is the reason why you need to discern between is this a movement or just a moment. And I'm watching people run with moments when God done something as a breakthrough and they built a whole company around a moment and it ain't working. Let's deal with this now. A heavenly vision is built on a conviction that becomes a burden for the carrier until it's accomplished. A heavenly vision becomes a report card for the visionary at the end of his life. That's why David said he served his generation. When he he was done, he served his generation with that. This is what God has called us to do. Something that was buried because of the attack we came under. So there are seven mountains. Religion, media, arts and entertainment, government, business, family and economics or business. And every single one of you need to be attached to one of these mountains. Meaning that your life comes alive attached to a certain cause. And I want you to think about that this morning. You want a job? We pray for a job for you. I'm dealing with a very specific group of people. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 12, please. I want you to pay attention now. Give me verse 10 first. Something had got captured in Kingdom Life Embassy for many years. And because of the intensity of the attack over the ministry, now listen, we're building schools. So we have the Four Change Academy. So the Seven Mountains, we've captured family. Pastor Z is working on that. We've captured media. Everyone runs with the media mountain. We've captured, of course, religion. Mount Zion is there. So the church it's kingdom understanding is in there. We are building education systems, but the one that we have not spent time with to develop. And because of its fight that comes with it, this, this thing is tough. It's called the Economic Mountain. It's one of them that we've not built systems around or built the movement the way it should. We started in a way we have the Joseph Business School we ran. We graduated 80 business kings operating on how to deal with finances. We've done that. And then, as we moved and all the fight that came, we ended up fighting courts instead of fighting the vision. And sometimes you let go of the movement because you're so caught up with so many other things. But this fast, God has asked us to recapture and put this movement back in place. It's called business. Here's the model. So we built the school model out of the Abrahamic model. It's uh, for every demonic system, there is a kingdom model to counter it. You must understand what I'm saying. And right now, for some of you, you need to go back and listen to this message again and again because it's new information for many of you. But the Abrahamic model is, the the, the demonic system is the Sodomic system. That means when you look at Sodom and Gomorrah and you're looking at... um, Lot going into Sodom and Gomorrah It's not so much about Homosexuality It's about planting the seed In the wrong place That can never produce Are you with me? And when you plant the seed In the wrong place It gets washed out With the waste of the world Take in the information That you need to hear Abraham works on the blessing. And he produces with the blessing planted in the right place. The reason many of you are so frustrated is because you're in the wrong job. You're getting a salary and you're even getting paid well. But you're frustrated because you are in the wrong place. You need to understand the blessing of Abraham and what it does for you. What it does for you. Now that we're bu- busy with the economic mountain we're putting back the model of how kings and priests function. You've made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign where in heaven? On earth. The model is for the earth. And I'm putting this model back starting next week. Put up my picture, kings and priests. This is starting next week. It's called the King's Round Table. We have people that are called into ministry and there's those that are called into the marketplace. So it's when the combination of them come together. is when a king and a priest begin to function together. It's God's partnership for bringing power and reigning on earth. Of how to capture different industries and businesses. And I want to say this to you. This morning, we prayed yesterday as well. And in the week, I've been feeling this frustration. And I'm hearing the Lord say, there is a billionaire strategy. No, don't shout. Don't shout. Because I tell you how tough that is. For you to be, for one billionaire to come out. Do you understand the kind of pressure you come under? The lack of integrity, to compromise, to walk away from the kingdom, to do a whole bunch of things. To become a billionaire. Do you understand what it, how many people will come and gather around you? Do you understand the kind of character that you need to be? And I know that there is a one woman, the Lord said to me, one woman or one man in this place, one son and one daughter, that's going to capture this thing that God is working with in the background that doesn't quit, that doesn't walk away from the things of the kingdom, that will not compromise. If God's going to do that thing through you, do you understand the kind of pressure you'll come under? And the kind of character you must have for Joseph to handle the world's wealth. Do you understand the kind of man he has to be? That he's got to run from this woman that wants to sleep with him. That he's got to become the man of integrity and willing to forsake everything else and to stick with God. Do you understand? Don't don't jump up and ask to be a billionaire. Don't do that. Because it's going to be the character development that's going to have to keep you there. And especially as a woman, you know, If your issues with men and and wanting a man is not gone, Satan will, after you become a billionaire, he'll send you a man. Because you'll become all of a sudden very attractive to a whole bunch of men. So if you have still a desire for a man and you say, God make me a billionaire, you can get tempted with a whole bunch of things. It's very challenging. And it's a real commitment from sons and daughters. You can't up and go when you want to. Not that as a billionaire that God would make you. And I want it for somebody. But I know that that somebody's got to be somebody that God's going to keep and preserve and protect. Millions are nothing. People are flowing in the millions. It's happening. I'm talking about somebody that can command wealth on a whole different level. It's in the house. We'll build that thing privately. We'll deal with people that want to be a part of that. It's happening next week. The King's Roundtable where we're bringing people that are actually interceding for businesses. We started marking them already. We're coming together and we're praying just very specifically for businesses. But you understand that if you're going to become a king and walking in the kind of wealth, you cannot be stingy. You can't get offended about money conversations. It's ridiculous. We're dealing with an economic mountain. I've watched sons and daughters' sons come into the ministry, work with them for six years. First business deal of 20 million rand. Stiff-necked, get up with an attitude. Of course, it never worked beyond that because it's all attached to the heavenly cause. So if you're not going to spend it on, the he- on heaven's cause, if you're not going to build it the way God wants you to build it, you don't need it. And don't even pray for it. Don't pray for it. Because it's tough. I, I was a businessman myself. And the kind of people that gather around you are people that don't want to work, people that don't want to do anything but stick around you. You get cousins that you never even knew were cousins. They hated you and all of a sudden you say, you know, inbox, how are you doing? You're getting my point. What you need to understand that in this season that God is raising up, it's a model for reigning in the earth. Kings and priests, these people are only concerned about heaven's vision. They're not caught up with their own businesses. Their businesses are locked in on heaven's vision and God wants to prosper your own business but it's attached to heaven's cause and please don't think that I don't know about it, that the Holy Spirit will show us that that people are not even interested in the, in the church Uh, Not interested in coming to service, not interested in sewing. not interested. They're hovering around hoping that they would get something. I'm dealing with heaven's vision. And as a father, I'm going to teach there are 13 values that every kingdom man must have and woman must have to function in there. I'm teaching about it next week. I'm dealing with a very specific group of people that are willing to go with God. And I tell you how. But pastor, I don't have a dream, I don't have a vision, I don't know, I have a desire, I don't want to develop. Have a look at what God, you know, if you've never heard this model, and you've never heard about how to build the the economic model around this thing, give me John chapter, I think it's 14, is it John chapter 4, 14, verse 38. Listen to the scripture. Read with me. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Do you understand what God's going to do? The wealth of the wicked laid up for the righteous, laid up for the just. God's going to give us, I'm seeing people, I think we're on to the fifth business that somebody's come and given us the business and said, here's all the structure, here's all the idea. We can't make this thing fly. Can you run it? We, I think we're on to the fifth one already. Because God is sending His sons and daughters into fields where you haven't even labored. You don't even have the full understanding. But because of your heart for the kingdom of God, God's going to give you ideas that are formulated already. That are already ready just to be harvested. Is there anybody that's a believer in this place? That Let me, let me tell you, whatever business you're running, when you bring it into the kingdom of God, and you make a commitment for God, and you say the 20% or a fifth of what I'm doing belongs to the kingdom of God, it changes the game completely. Because God has to bless your business and put it on steroids. Why? For the sake of the kingdom of God. It's called vision. The days of you just giving a tithe or just thinking, well, at least that's paid, is no, 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 no. It's going to be completely different where you need to function out of a kingdom understanding where you are a king for the kingdom of God. I'll teach you about David and how he, at the end of his life, said, I've took whatever I've conquered and I've served my generation. I used whatever God gave me and I accomplished something for the kingdom of God. One of the saddest things for kings and people that are called into business is that you don't, you're fighting battles all by yourself and you don't get breakthrough because there's no Kingdom attachment. You don't have a priest praying for you and your business. And this is what we are offering right now. Remember that every power has a people who speaks for it. Do you understand that the Muslim community has the same? Do you understand Scientology does the same? Godly or ungodly, every power has a people who speaks for it. And every Power has a people who supports it, and every power has an opposing power. This morning, you must make up your mind which side of the fence you're gonna be sitting on. You must make a decision. I'm breaking out of religion and I'm gonna build something in my business. And if I don't have the business and I just have the desire, I'm believing God for an idea that I'm gonna step in on a whole nother level. Come on, Joseph, where are you? That if Joseph comes out of prison, Pharaoh's already got the idea, he just doesn't know how to make it float. You're not going to start from the bottom. God's going to move somebody because of their desire in the kingdom of God to run with a business and to make things work for the kingdom of God. I know this is fresh information for you, but the knowledge has got to come. I've got to preach that there is a place for you and your family. You must decide where you're going to position your family and your business. You must decide that. It's more than just finding a job. It is coming into the work that God has got for you. This is the place where God is putting the blessing on you. I'm done. John Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1 to 3. Genesis 12, one two, 3 The Lord God said to Abram, Get out from your country, from your family And from your father's house To a land that I will show you I will make you a great nation I will do what? Put a blessing on you And make your name great And you shall in turn be, do what? Be a blessing That means I'm going to put you in the center Of my will And I'm going to bring something called the blessing But it's not for you it's going to flow through you. I'm going to bless you to be what? A blessing. I'm going to bless you what? To be a blessing. Because this, this anointing, this that God has called us to capture, is a stewardship anointing. When God can use things to flow through you. Give me Genesis chapter 14 verse 14. I'm almost done. Genesis 14 14. Abraham finds... 318 youngsters, all orphans. He brings them in and because of the family blessing that's on him, he trains them up. Lot is captured and Abraham trains them in his own house. He says, when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants. Every, he has a moment with God. He turns it into a movement with God. How do, you do, how do you know it's a movement? Because there's training taking place. you are being trained. You turn trash into treasure through training. God wants to train our people to be faithful to Him. To be faithful to the cause. Not get swayed from a heavenly vision. That's what he does. He puts the blessing on them. The blessing is an empowerment. Even in Galatians it tells you now that the blessing is then on us because it was a movement with Abraham. It's still moving beyond generations. Who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hoboth which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods, not some of it. It's just the mentality of a king. You don't give God your portion of what I, I'm going to use this and then I'll give you that. When you're stepping in on this realm and this dimension, you come back with all the goods and you honor God the way you need to. It's not me first. So when God started training me up on the blessing, I'm in business. I didn't know we were starting a church. The call center that we had, the contract we had with a huge um, IT company overseas, the guys that were the middlemen pulled this thing. I had no idea about the blessing. And so they pulled the contract and the call center is empty. I'm sitting there and I'm like crying before the Lord, what must I do? God resurrects one deal for us in the call center. I bring all the agents back. We build around this database and we do the cleanup of this thing. I cannot wait for payment. My house is in arrears. My car is in arrears. And we are in trouble. The Lord says, when that check comes through that night, it's like I'm up early in the morning. I've already laid out. I'm going to go and buy this. sort that out. Do this. Do this. Do this. The Lord says to me, he wakes me up at 2 o'clock in the morning. He says that money is not yours. I'm like, what? You know the arrears. You know how much we need this money The Lord says this is not yours You bring it all here Isaiah 55 says He gives Seed To the sower And bread To the eater Every king must know and understand This portion is for seed And this portion Is for bread Bread is for eating Your business must function It's there But there's a place where the seed that you sow is for the house of God. And the problem that most business people are having is that when God gives you bread, you either through guilt trying to sow it. Or when God gives you seed, because of the pressure, you eat it. He gives seed to a sower. And He gives bread to an eater. So He lets you budget with what is left over. But he makes sure that you understand that there's seed I must sow God wakes me up and he teaches me that lesson And he says now I want you to give This amount of money to Creflo Dollar Ministries I'm like What? It's more than half a, It wasn't more than half it was, a, it, was, it was a third Of the money I'm like no He gives me instruction the bread that you must eat, put down one payment for your bond, pay all the staff, said, he gives me the list and said, this is the bread that you must take care of. I'll cover you with the people, the other people. Don't worry about that. But the number one thing is that you must take the seed I'm asking you to sow and go and sow it into Crafted Dollar Ministries. I don't know about ministry. I don't know about church. I'm a businessman. Why would you ask me to do this? He was teaching me the kings and priests model. That morning, Creflo Dollar Ministries, they open up their doors. I wake my wife up and said, this is the instruction. I give her the clear, he gives me the clear strategy. He says, that's how you pay it. I said to my wife, I am obeying the Lord. My wife's always been, whatever the Lord says, honey, do it. I get up that morning. Eight o'clock, Creflo Dollar Ministries open up. Because I'm in such need, I've got to make sure I take care of the seed first because otherwise I'll eat my seed I had no idea God had a church in mind no idea N- I'd never sold for the church but God needed seed f- to work with for my future the 20 its more than 20% that I put down clear number walked in there the woman says you here early you want to buy something I'm like no 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 I need to, I need to sow the seed I write out the check and I put it there. Oh, man, God bless you. That is so wonderful. She's thinking she's dealing with a multi-billionaire that they can sow the seed. I'm in such need. I walked out crying. I said, oh, God bless you too. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, how can you ask me to sow it? You know how much need I have. And that's when God taught us, you don't eat your seed. When I am in charge of your business, I give you seed for sowing, bread for eating. It's a kings and priests model. And God is training us up to understand that. I'm done ministering this morning. Clap your hands and bless the Lord. If God has called you here, then your time, your treasure, and your talent must be given to make this vision come to pass. God's working in the vision. He's not concerned about, he's concerned that he loves you. But the people that gets his attention are the people that are concerned about what God is concerned about. So, the blessing is coming upon this church. And I'm dealing with something very specific about sons and daughters that understand that there are kings in the kingdom that you are here to honor the king and advance his kingdom.